1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: Let's pray. Lord, we call on you as the great loving God of Israel. The God who we're studying about in Deuteronomy. We pray, Lord, that you would touch us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 through 11. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew. As a small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth, without iniquity, just and right is he. They have corrupted themselves, their spot is not in the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath brought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided the nations, divided the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert place and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. Now we're going to look this now at this passage in the book of Deuteronomy. It's interesting because... When you think about Deuteronomy, you have to always view it in the context that it's one of five books. Jewish people call it the Torah, the law, five books of Moses. And it was interesting because these books, these five books were delivered to the Jewish people and the Jewish people, what they called these books, what do you call these books come from God? Well, you call them the first book of Moses, the second book of Moses, the third, the fourth, the fifth books of Moses, the five books of Moses. And that's understandable. Because God did not tell the Jewish people what title to give to each one of these five books of Moses. And so when you're people and you receive eternal books from God, who is going to step forward and say, I'll name them, i got to name them? So so to solve this problem, the Jewish people didn't know what to do. So they just took one of the words from the beginning of each book and they used that, that name each book, which worked out well for the book of Genesis, Barashit. Barashit means in the beginning. That's what Genesis means. That's okay. But then what do you do when you come to the next book, Exodus, and you read these are the names, and they give names, and so they said, okay, that'll be the name of the book. Shemot. Names. (laughs) It's a crazy name. (laughs) But that's the book of Exodus. And then you come to the next book, the book of Leviticus, and it says, and the Lord said, And so what do you do with that? And someone says, we name it Sed, Okay, that's Leviticus Sed. And then you come to the next book, the book of Numbers, which starts off by saying, in the desert. That's what we'll name it, in the desert. Okay, Bar. And then you come to the next book where it says, these are the sayings. Oh, we'll name it sayings, sayings. Devarim. Okay, that's the book of Deuteronomy. So we call this last of the five five books of Moses, the book of Deuteronomy, that name is not inspired. Neither were the other names. Well, they thought it was inspired because they pulled one out. But it's just a name. Deuteronomy is just a name. And it means the second time, the second time. The first part of Deuteronomy, D, E, U, Latin, D, French, D, Spanish, DOS. It just means two. So Deuteronomy is not a bad name for this last book, because this last book really does go over a lot of what has been covered before in the first four books of Moses. But since the name of Deuteronomy is not inspired, that gives us the freedom. We're just as free as the others to give another name. What are we going to call this book, this last book? Well, we could call it In Case You Didn't Get It the First Time (laughs) or In Case You Were Asleep. Or the book is really looking back over the, for the most part, the 40 years in the wilderness. So it could be called, what was that all about? Or it could be the book of lessons learned. Or it could be, it could be the book of, I won't do that stupid thing again. Yeah. Or it could be the book of looking back. Or it could be the book of uh, reflections, life reflections. Or life takeaways, you know, whenever we have the, I joined Mike Johnson's family for devotions on Friday nights, and at the end of it, Michael says, uh, okay, from what was said, what are the takeaways? And I always say, chicken. (laughs) Anyway, it could be, it could be, the book of Deuteronomy could be entitled, what changed me? What changed me? I mean, those names really capture the meaning of the book of Deuteronomy, because it's Moses now at the end of his life especially now in chapter 32 he's only got a few more chapters left he's sitting down and he's writing to Israel about their history especially about the last 40 years of walking in the desert with God what was learned what experience what experience he was trying to say this is an experience that should have changed you that you shouldn't have been the same because that's we all should have our own personal books of what changed me. We should all have our personal books of Deuteronomy, of what changed me. This is what, this is what I'm uh, sending out to the millions of Jewish people here in the U.S. is my own personal book of what changed me. The title is Changed. In all of our books of what changed us should be based on 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. New things, or all things, become new. So Moses is now in this part of this book of what changed me, or what should have changed you, Israel. And he starts off, as he's coming now to this last part of the book of Deuteronomy, last part of his life, and he has something so important to say to God's people, Moses' people, Israel, something that's vital to be heard, And what Moses has to say is so important that even though he has at this time the attention of all Israel in front of him, he's calling for a greater audience. Moses is now calling for all beings in the skies, in the heavens, all beings on earth, not just the Jewish people, all to hear what he has to say because he's going to describe what God has done for Israel. And this is so important because Israel is God's teaching example. Israel is God's way of showing the world who he is. Who God is is so important to all beings in the heavens, in the skies, on earth. They all must know who God is. And the fact that all we can all learn by this understanding of how God has dealt with Israel we can understand about God. That's why God said something amazing about Israel. In Isaiah 46:13, Isaiah 46:13, God called Israel, He said, "Israel, my glory. Israel my glory. How could a people make a golden calf and rebel in idolatry, be God's glory? Oh, wait. God says, "How could Israel be the glory of God? Because of Isaiah forty four twenty three, Isaiah forty four twenty three, God says, Sing, ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. It's not in Israel that we see the glory of God. It's what God has done for Israel where we see the glory of God. He has glorified himself in Israel. So that's the answer to the question. How could Israel be the glory of God? Isaiah 44:23. 23. The Lord hath glorified himself in Israel. So our passage here now in Deuteronomy 32 describes wonderful things of God, wonderful things that God has done for Israel. Even though they rebelled against God, and oh, there's so many portions in the Deuteronomy that just make you want to go like this. Oh, how could they do it? I mean, Moses soon is going to say, I know, as he's speaking to me, he says, I know that soon after my death you will forsake the Lord. I know you will turn to other gods. I know you will provoke God to anger. I know he's going to destroy you, but not all. But this passage is different. This shows the glory of God's love for Israel. The passage shows the Isaiah forty four twenty three 23, how God glorified himself in Israel. How God made Israel his glory. That's why it's so important. That's why Moses says, this is not just something for Israel. This is something for all beings in the heavens, for all the earth to hear, what God has done for Israel. Now, Moses has only called on all beings in the heavens and all beings on earth to hear him only four times in his lifetime as a prophet, in his life as a prophet, only four times. The first time Moses called on all beings of heavens and earth to hear was when he predicted how God was going to judge Israel for their sins and how they had a pathway to recovery. And that was given in Deuteronomy 4.26. Deuteronomy 4.26, when Moses says, I call heaven and the earth to witness against you this day. He's speaking to Israel. Against you this day, that you shall soon utterly perish from off the land, whereunto you go over Jordan to possess it. You shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed, and the Lord shall scatter you among the nations. That's the diaspora. And you shall be left few in number among the heathen, where the Lord shall lead you, and there you shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood, stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat, nor smell. And here's the path of recovery. But, God says, if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord, thou shalt seek the Lord like God, thou shalt find him. If Thou seek him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which you swear unto them. That message was a message that Moses wanted all the heavens, every being in the unseen world, and every person on earth to know that message. That though judgment was coming, there was a path of recovery. There was a path of salvation. There was a path of mercy and grace. Now, the second time when Moses called on all the heavens and the earth to hear was when God was making an invitation, a very special invitation to Israel, along with a warning and Moses said, Moses was speaking on behalf of God. So God, Moses was saying, Thus saith the Lord. He's speaking to Israel. But then Moses says, I want witnesses. I want witnesses to what I'm going to say. So I'm calling on all the beings in heaven, on the heavenly places, all the beings on earth, be my witnesses that I said this. Be my witnesses. And he says in, De- in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to rec- record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that thou, both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. That's the direction which he, God was saying, you have a choice. There's death, there's cursing, there's misery, there's awfulness on this side. On this side, there is a path of life, of blessing, of joy, of happiness. You choose. That's what Moses was saying. Your choice. God's not going to choose that for you. You choose it. That's the same direction, the same warning to choose the right path between these two paths that the Lord Jesus gave on the Sermon on the Mount when he said in Matthew 7.13, Matthew 7.13, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leads to destruction, many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads into life, and few there be that find it. Same thing that Moses said that Jesus, Jehovah Jesus said. And the other time that Moses called for heaven and earth to hear him was when Moses was thinking about his death, as I was mentioning. He was thinking about his death. His death was not very far off. God had already told him, soon, you're going to hang it up. Soon, you're going to transfer your responsibilities to Joshua. Soon, you and I are going to take a walk. We're going to walk up to a mountain all alone, just you and I. You're going to die. I got the shovel. I'll bear you. Soon, he knew this. So Moses was thinking about this. And he wasn't sitting there saying, "Oh no, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It's going to be painful. What's it going to be like? Oh no! What about all my stuff? What's going to happen?" He wasn't thinking about that. Moses is only thinking of, "I'm going to die. I'm going to go to be with heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." Okay, I'm not worried about my future. I'm going to die. That means I'm going to leave this people. I am worried about these people. I'm a mother that is that is anxious for her children, the children of Israel, and so Moses then again. He makes this call in Deuteronomy 31, 28. Deuteronomy 31, 28. Moses says, gather me all of the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears. And here here he says again, and call heaven and earth to record against them. Here's what he said. For I know that after my death, you will utterly corrupt yourselves. That must have broken his heart. His life work was to see them go straight, go right, go with God. But he knew. And maybe he sat there like the Lord Jesus did in in Isaiah 49, when our Lord Jesus, as we saw in the past, said, I failed. I spent my strength for naught, for vain. Anyway, he said, for I know that after my death, you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. So, those are the four times, only four times, when Moses called on heaven and earth to hear. And right at the start of the book of Isaiah, right at the start of the book of Isaiah, God speaks in chapter one, and God calls all of heaven, all the beings in heaven, and all of the earth to hear how he has a completely broken heart because of the rebellion of the Jewish people. And God says in Isaiah 1-2, Isaiah 1-2, God says, Hear, O ye heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. What a heartbreak. But this address that Moses is giving and starting in here in Deuteronomy 32, 32, one, where he's calling heaven and earth to hear him, is not like all the other times like we've been talking about, even the one in Isaiah, not like all the other times. All the other times was for heaven and earth to, to hear what he called record, record against you, to, to hear of the warnings, to hear of the rebellions, to hear of the judgments that's going to come to Israel. But not now. Not now. And that's what makes it so wonderful In Deuteronomy 32, it's to hear now of the tenderness of God, the tenderness of God. This is so important because it shows another side of God compared to all those other times. It shows the kindness of God. It shows the mercy of God. It shows the love of God. This is the same God who destroyed Egypt with 10 terrible judgment plagues. But now Moses, as he's focusing on this other side, this tender side of God, Moses is losing himself in the wonder of the glory of God's love. He's losing himself, and it's wonderful. He starts off in verse 2, and he says, My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Literally, this text, this verse here, 2, it reads like a prayer. Literally is... May my doctrine drop as the rain. The Hebrew word for doctrine that's used here is the Hebrew word lekach. Lekach, it comes from a root word that means something that is received or something that is taken, something that is taken, something is received. So the word lekach has a very special meaning for us because we experience lekach. We experience lekach every time we understand something special from the Bible and when we do, we take it away and say, mine, that's mine, that's mine. That truth is now my own. I've taken it away. It's precious to me. It's mine. I tuck it away. Like when the Lord Jesus told the parable of the kingdom of heaven, he said in, in Matthew 13, 44, Matthew 13, 44, thinking about this word, lekach, taken, taken, received. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. comes to the treasure. There's many, many precious truths in the Bible. And they're like hidden treasures. They're not on the surface. You can't see them. They're hidden treasures. But when you find one of them, you put it in your heart, and you say, it's in my treasure box. It's a valued treasure to me, just like Mary did in Luke 2.18. Luke 2.18, when it says, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. Mary was the one who said, that's mine. Peace on earth. He's going to bring peace on earth. He represents the goodwill of God. That's mine. It's a precious truth. I put it in my heart. I I received it and I took it. And this is what the Lord Jesus said should be done when he spoke in Luke 9.44. Luke 9.44, he said, and they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered, every one all the things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, Let these sayings sink deep down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men.
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, you can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, 330 Santee, California, 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, 330 Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org.